You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. What's up, Ida? You in the house? <laughs> Hey, what's up? I am in the house. I've been in the house for months. I think we all have. Have you met Courtney before, Ida? I haven't, but I know who Courtney is. It's such a pleasure to finally get to speak to you and see you. Same here, Queen. I appreciate that. I told her you were coming on the show a couple weeks back, and she's been excited ever since. I was like, see, Ida and I go back. We we go back, back. She knows where all the bones are buried with Daryl. She does. Straight up. Yeah, my my daughter loves Ariel. Her daughter used to babysit my dog. That's how far back we go. Yeah, many. Yeah. How how the kitties doing? They're grown now. They're grown, and uh, you know everybody's everybody's uh, locked up because we're not going out there till this. We we waiting on the test run. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad at that test run. Waiting on that. So what y'all thinking though, end of the summer or like Mm. next year test run? I think that honestly, I think it's going to be well into 2021 before we start seeing something that makes sense because I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not volunteering for a first series of vaccines. <laughs> I will no, not. Absolutely not. No, I will not. I, I, I'll, be, well, I'll be chained to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> you said chained to your bed. Yeah, it's hard not to go out. <laughs> well, you'll have rest for all of the uh, great things you got coming up because, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And I've, um, as I mentioned at the top, I've, I've been able to be lucky and uh, watch your career through the years and just... I've been so excited to see how it's just grown and how you become the superstar that I always knew that you were that everybody else is seeing now as well. So wow. kudos to you. You know, so we this it's, it's much love coming from me to you. I love you back. I love you back. <laughs> and for real. <laughs> and for real. So uh, tomorrow, Juneteenth. And, yeah. um, you know, according to Trump today, apparently the reason everybody knows about Juneteenth is because of him. Child, you know, it's funny. I had to cover this because uh, I covered it today on the damage report for the Young Turks. And I mean, it, does it surprise you to, that when he says stuff like that, he, I mean, he, nah. I mean, he, ha- he says some of the most preposterous things. So I don't even, to him, for me, it doesn't even affect me anymore. I'm looking sideways at the people who are still rocking with him. Like those are the people <laughs> yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. thank you. You know what I mean? Those are the people that I'm like, me, I know cognitive dissonance. I know all the terms, but it's like, really, son? That's what you're <laughs> like. It's we've we're we've arrived here. Like I just right. Yeah. Okay. He invented Juneteenth, and he's having his rally in Tulsa, where the Tulsa. black yeah, where the massacre of of the black Wall Street. I mean, it's just all foolishness. It is a call, a direct call to white supremacists, and. Yeah. You know, and that's all they can call on at this point because anybody who has intelligence, humanity, or any dignity of, or decency can't roll with his program anymore. So the only true. people that they could call on are people who hate everybody else. That is true. There you go. Sad <laughs> that state is of true. affairs. A sad state of affairs. Sad state of affairs. But I love your latest tweet because you were talking about kind of almost like a call to action for Latinos, Dominicans, Blacks to not separate. You know, yeah. especially in a time of right now, we need each other. We don't need to be just because you're Mexican. You, you are a person of color. So That's we right. need to unite and support each other right now. And yeah. They- 
it's so crazy because I mean, you know, as a Latin person, I claim my blackness. I'm Afro Latina. That's how I've always identified. And yeah, there's anti-blackness in the Latin community. There's also anti-blackness in the Indian community, in Africa, in, <laughs> you know, in the black community. Spike Lee did a whole movie called School Days about anti-blackness, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. just to focus on Latin people is, it's just the, it's white supremacy's work. It's divide and conquer. And when I see Mexicans trending and Dom Dominicans trending, and then I see MAGA people promoting it, then it lets me know that they're just trying to divide us because they know that together we are stronger. Now, mm -hmm. that being said, doesn't mean I'm trying to ignore the issues within our communities. I address them head on, but I just feel like sitting around, you know, poking at each other, you know, and saying, you, you, you're this, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem. No, none of us are the problem. The problem is coming from that, that place. And that's where we all need to be directing our focus. I agree. How have you been able to kind of um, take this information? I mean, you obviously, we, we talked about Omar and Akela and about mm -hmm. them being part black as well. And as they're, a- no, they're, They are black, but they are part, <laughs> they're part Puerto Rican. They're part Puerto Rican, right, yeah, right. You're like, right. right, you're like, listen, don't get it twisted. No, they're black. No, because they're you black. know, I think a lot of people like, I, I, did, I, I did a call today with a network and, I, and everybody, when they say black, they were like lower their voices. And I was like, all right, everybody say black with me. Let's say it out right. loud. You know? Right. It's not a bad word. Like, let's say it it's okay word. to, yeah, it's yeah. okay to say black. So they're black. Yeah. Well, what, how are you kind of, you know, as me being a man, and if I had a son and like I consider Omar like my son, what are you telling them, you know, now and, and what kind of conversations are you guys having in your house? Because it's, it's scary for us right now. I mean, it's been scary for us for a long time, but now it's just at such a, a heightened level. And as I wish that, and hope that things are getting better. Still in the news, we're finding out every day somebody else got shot. We, you know, we, yeah. we, we it's continuing. Right. So, okay. what kind of conversations are, are taking place in the household as you guys are dealing with this as a family? Well, the thing is that these are conversations that I've been having with Omar since he was a little kid, because that that is the reality of being the mother of a black son and daughter. You have to have these conversations early. Now, mind you, my children. When they were like six and 10, we got pulled over by the cops on La Brea and Hollywood. And a cop asked my kids if they were strapped. And they were like, yeah, we got our seatbelts on. And he was like, I didn't ask you if you had your seatbelt on. I asked you if you were strapped. So he asked a six-year-old and a 10-year-old if they had a gun. Mm -hmm. So the, the truth is that this education, when it comes to our children, our children have, it's not even an education, it's a burden that they have to yeah. carry at a very young age because the reality is that law enforcement has been unjust when it comes to black and brown children. And it's something that they've had to deal with since they were very little. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the conversations are reinforcing now because now he's old, a little older, the testosterone kicks in, you know, you get, you can't just keep poking the bear and thinking the bear's not going to wake up. You it's know, true. people are tired. So now I have to have the conversation about temperament and survival because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, I, I need you to survive and then we'll deal with it later because I can't lose you. And, and that's just an awful reality to have to deal with when you, with yeah. your children. Yeah. How how are you sort of uh, are you filtering their intake of information? Just because now as a teenager you have so much access to everything. I know I'm about to lose my whole soul every day I wake up on Instagram <laughs> yes. because there's a new story. Yeah. So like, and I have to like monitor how much news I'm watching and that kind of thing. Like, yeah. how how are you working that out with the kids as well? But obviously, I'm sure they want to be informed and know what's going on too. 
Well, they they are uh, young adults, so I can't filter anything for them anymore because they they are they're they're practically grown ups. But it's funny because they filter what I'm watching. <laughs> like, <laughs> calm down. Uh, Kayla's always been wise yeah. beyond her years. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> they have to. They're like you know, uh, trying. They try to take me away from it for a little bit and say, hey, why don't we do this? Because it is so heavy on the psyche. Because you know, I don't. I will never know what it's like to be a black man or a black woman in terms of being an American black man and American black woman in America. But I do know what the experience of being a, a, a Afro Latina black woman and with my children, you know, that they are also American descendants of slaves here. It It is just, uh, it's overwhelming, man. Like, especially like piled up with the COVID reality and that that too is something that we have to worry about disproportionately when it comes to people of color. It's like, we. We have to worry about an invisible enemy, a visible enemy, an enemy <laughs> that is disguised in in the in under the the guise of help. <laughs> so it's just yep. like, are we in a? We're like in a scary movie, and that's why we probably not in a lot of scary movies as black because we live in a scary. <laughs> our, life, our life is scary like, all the time. <laughs> I know, every the, day, the, the, the writers be like, "Don't put no black people in this. Like, this is what they do every day. They like, live a nightmare all the time." <laughs> That's straight yes. up truth, though. <laughs> what I would assume, though, during this time of, of, of coronavirus, lockdown, quarantine, that you have been writing some great comedy that you're going to be, uh, I'm sure, putting out to us soon. Well, yeah. So I have a deal with HBO Max for my hour special. So I am I'm actually writing my hour, which I was supposed to record. <laughs> and then Corona said, uh-uh. <laughs> but I've been working on it and it's so funny because when I watched Dave Chappelle's special the other day um I was like wow this is heavy like I, I think I chuckled once and then I felt guilty for chuckling <laughs> I, I felt guilty for laughing at something watching a comedy special and then I, I, I got mad right and then I was like um Okay, so what am I gonna do with my with with what I'm doing? Because I have to craft up an hour of stand-up in this reality, and I can't ignore what we're talking about. But it all it did was validate my what I do in stand-up because what I do in stand-up has always been confronting the issues, and it just made me feel okay to be who I am in comedy when a you know one of our goats does it. And I was like, okay, so I could really, I could get, I could get heavier here than I would normally be able to because yeah. it, the time is calling for it. Yeah. And I think actually in our reality, people are more receiving of it and, 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 and listening to comedy as well. You know, they need it. They, they need, need it. We, we need some form. We need, need some form of release. You know, but, but it's so funny because we play in this game. Like you're like, can you tell a joke? And you're like, hold on, is that inappropriate? Oh, did I use the right? You know what I mean? Did I use the right pronoun? You're like, okay. Uh, did I say intersectionality? And like, and you're like, oh man, it's like, um, it's so, it, it's like it's coming from everywhere, and I just yeah. feel like right now is. You know how they, they say growing pains, we're experiencing growing pains because our consciousness has to grow because we can't keep doing what we've been doing, not to the planet, not to the people. So it's just like all of this stuff is happening at one time and we got to grow, but it's painful because it's, yeah. just, it's coming from everywhere. I mean, the, the, the sun ain't messing with us. <laughs> right, right. 
Listen, we are black on this call, and I'm afraid to say certain things to my black folks. So I'm like, oh, let me let me let me monitor yeah. what I say. Yeah. You know, oh, I know. I, I know you, Dario. You, you know, know you. Me. You know me. I'm like, oh, Dario has that. he offended a whole karaoke party <laughs> with one sentence. So. I did. I was like, let me check myself. <laughs> so imagine so, being a comedian yeah well speaking of that in the process of like writing everything for you and putting your creative together how, how has your process had to shift a little bit like how in terms of like being aware of the fact that you're trying to be sensitive but still keeping it real like how how does that affect your even creative process getting it out like I feel like if you're just writing stuff and throwing away like I can't I don't even know if I can no do I don't do that so Dario okay. will tell you that so if he's inappropriate I'm inappropriate times 10 <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not, I, I'm, I, I don't have time to be worried about your little collegiate privileged feelings because right now people who don't have the benefit of those things who can't even get basic health care need a voice. Okay. And um, I also feel like as an artist, um, I think you're, you should be able to say what you want to say. You just got to also be willing to deal with the consequences. And because mm -hmm. I'm always willing to deal with the consequences, I just speak... I speak it the way I see it and I don't let anybody edit me or try to make me feel like I am who I am based on my experiences. I operate from my best self and goodness. And as a result of that, I always put my best foot forward, but I'm also flawed and I'm, I'm, not, I'm only human. And I'm not gonna make people make me feel, walk on eggshells because of my, my humanity, because my intentions are always to move us forward. So mm -hmm. if in that I say something that hurts your little itty bitty feelings, you just gotta deal with it. Deal with it. You can't cancel somebody who ain't never came to the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> but kind of piggybacking off what Courtney is saying, what's your process in the sense of like, you know, when when you're putting your material together, this where you say this isn't what I'm gonna use, this is what I'm not gonna use. How much of it gets on the cutting room floor? Is there just a plethora of material that you put together and then you're like, uh, this is more a little bit timely right now where I'm trying to go in this direction. Like, what's your kind of writing process for the entire thing? So, uh, normally what I do is write on stage. And I, mm. um, because I, and that's how, that's my process because I, I am, I am a performing arts kid and I did a lot of improv and I did extemporaneous speech. I, I, I mean, I was doing speech and debate all throughout high school. You know, I was a pre speech and debate president when I was in the ninth grade. Yes. <laughs> so they were, there was a senior at my Team school. Forensics, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, was, I was leaking Douglas Queen. Like it's so yes. funny because I was from the hood and those I used to go debate those white boys. And I was like, like Aquila in the beach. I tapped him my leg. Like, I, I got you. I got you. Um, but uh, so what I do, what normally what I do is I, I work it out on stage and I let the people decide, right? The, the jokes that the people respond to are the ones that that's how I normally gauge what is going to go on the specials because th that's, that's just my process. My process is always, my, I like my comedy to be an interactive experience and the audience yeah. is just as much of a part of it as I am. Uh, in this COVID-19, you know, moment that we're having, it's been harder to do that because we don't yeah. have to perform live and Zoom comedy just ain't where it's at, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. You know, we gotta keep it so real, but, um, I do use social media and I use Twitter and I do a lot of, you know, my political commentary stuff that 
feeds what I do on my shows on Friday, on my show on Fridays and what I do on the Young Turks, but I also slide my jokes in there and to see the response that I get. And, and that's been helping me, you know, not, not to use those jokes for the special, but to put them on in the, into the batch of jokes that I'm going to go out when I actively go out and start working them out. Mm-hmm. But, and I write at night, I wake up in the middle of my sleep and write. I'll, I'll, mm. something will hit me in the middle. I tend to, I'm very nocturnal when it comes to my writing, my joke writing, and it just comes out of nowhere. It's like really interesting. So you got that notebook by the best stand. I got, I have notebooks. I'm gonna show you, cause you know, <laughs> you see this, that's my desk. I have, you see by my by bed, my bed is not made up because I have to change my sheets that change my sheets. Um, Cause I got, I, I, I think I, I think my bed gonna give me COVID, so I change my <laughs> sheets every other day. It's crazy. Um, my room is a mess, but I have notebooks everywhere. Every bag that I have has a notebook in it. Um, I use my phone, but I like to write um, yeah. to with my handwrite. So they're everywhere. And then with the process of even the writing, um, with how do you think it's gonna affect? How do you think that COVID is actually gonna affect now comedy? St- tours and and people going in to see people perform live i mean even you know even once we get a vaccine there's still a lot of skeptics that say that the industry will be forever changed well i mean until we figure out what what's going to happen with covid 19 um it is going to affect it is affecting comedy i have uh you know i've gotten offers to do comedy shows where they only have uh, 25% of the audience or 50% of the audience in there. They have to social distance. They have to wear masks. And, and you know, I, th- I thought it was odd because I was like, who wants to perform for people with masks on, you know? And yeah. then when I watched Dave Chappelle's special, I was like, oh, they got all masks on. But I was like, but they ain't laughing because he just <laughs> talked about murder, you know? Like, so I'm sitting there like, uh, it don't matter if you got a mask on because you're probably covering the tears to talk about death. But uh, so it's, just, it's hard to think of what it feels like to just be doing stand up and having to deliver that to people who have on masks. It's gonna be it, it. It affects the psyche of the comic because what feeds the comic is the laugh, you know, and yeah. the expression and the interaction and the reaction. And so I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna go out. Uh, I don't know when. I, I, I'm a, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. They sent me an offer today. <laughs> and you was like, uh, uh-uh. my my my. I'm a judge on the show, and when I don't like something, my response is out. My they they know me for as nah. Nah. <laughs> and when I saw that uh, that the offer today, I was like, nah. 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 Not yet. I don't want to stay in a hotel. I don't want to. You know, my my friend who's a comedian, her mother just died this morning of COVID-19. And she, mm. she live tweeted the whole experience because she really wanted to share with people who don't believe it's real, who don't want to wear masks, what what it put her family through. And yeah. it's so close to me. I've and I know two people who lost their mothers. I've known so many people who have lost loved ones. Um, I just I don't think I'm psychologically nor emotionally ready to go out and try to to do stand up and and you know I I just I, I just it's going to take me a little longer. So yes, it's going to forever affect because a lot of people that I know feel the same way. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. <sighs> But Dale Hughley has been going out, so I'm gonna text him because I wanted to ask him how how what that I, look like. 
Um, yeah, what, what was that like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was lucky enough to see you uh, do your stand-up show for Netflix. They ready? Yeah, you you crushed that. it. You 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 crushed it. I was just that. like looking at my girl. All le- all I saw was legs too. Legs for days. <laughs> legs for days. Yeah, I, I want to see those legs again too, boy. I, feel like, <laughs> I, I I don't know if you saw when I showed the, the my room. I, I got a spin bite in my room. I was like, uh, this is not going away anytime soon. <laughs> so I've been spinning at home. Um, yeah, you know it's funny. My special has gone viral again now. Like, right? yeah. it's, it, it's mm-hmm. since yesterday. Like the, yep. the last two days, it's gone viral again. So I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm grateful to Tiffany for creating a way for, for me and the rest of us. And just thankful for the people who heard me because uh, my brand of humor is different. You know, I, I, I do, I can be heady. I want to, I want to sneak in, you know, social issues. I want to, I use my experiences to address things that are uncomfortable to talk about. And so to see a collective consciousness of people that are receiving it it just it feels it's very gratifying i mean it was an unbelievable show and and you know tiffany haddish obviously really rides or dies for you and is very supportive of you what do you enjoy the most about working with her I, i i enjoy the fact that we can be honest with each other um, and because in Hollywood, what, what I've noticed is when people start ascending, the people around them aren't able to, you know, start walking on eggshells and don't tell the truth. And she and I maintain this code of honesty with each other that, what you doing? What? Don't do that no more. Take that <laughs> off. Take that tweet down. Like we have that relationship where yeah. we can be honest with one another and you know, for me, like my friend is a superstar, an A-list celebrity, and I watch it happen in real time. I, I, um, I don't, I don't necessarily want that. Like, I don't, I, my, I'm an artist to my core, and I don't have a desire to uh, to be a part of celebrity culture. So I get to peek into it with her because for me, um, I'm just too, I'm too driven by art. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'll miss a party to write a short story. And (laughs) so I don't care about red carpets and stuff like that. So it's fun, you know, it's it's exciting to watch her life change. She's worked really hard and and deserving of it. And um, I love that we have this, we have this dynamic between us where I can just be who I am, you know, my friends call me Pinky in the Brain. They like you. You the most ratchet genius we ever met in our life. <laughs> I love ratchet genius. <laughs> ratchet genius. And you know, and so, and there, you know, and and she's, you know, hosting the MTV Awards. So yeah. we have, you know, we just have this great um, real relationship. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't want to be friends with her if I can't be real with her, and I don't want to be friends with her if she can't be real with me. Well, it looks like like the world is kind of opening up while it's closed down, sort of just because everything that's going on, like, but in the industry and in terms of just you talking about like your art and where you want to see, like, what are you most excited about just in terms of where you can go artistically and things that you want to do as this industry is in flux, just like everything else and everything is shifting. So I'm excited. I have a TV show deal with HBO Max that we are in the process of uh, developing and we've, we've written our first draft of scripts and it's it's very exciting because it's creating a world that pro- 
many people haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. um, ITV Studios, uh, Nick Weidenfeld, who just made their announcement today, I have a deal with them for an animated series. So oh, wow. um, I'm really excited about building my own production company and my own house that's gonna employ people who look like me, sound like me, talk like me, and, and, and all the hues within that, and tell the stories of the people that you don't hear. Um, and just, you know, to provide that spectrum of people of color that we don't have, because white people have Grey's Anatomy and Honey Boo Boo and everything in between, but we gotta be, whatever we do, we gotta be one thing, like the Latin, the Latin chick with the bus. And, ah, you know? and it's just like, we, I wanna create the spectrum. So that's what I focus on when it comes to artists, really trying to focus on creating a spectrum of people of color where you can see all of us and all of our hues from those that, you know, work at the corner store to those that graduate from MIT and everything in between. So that's what my dream is. My dream is to, to be able to do what Issa Rae has done for black women mm -hmm. and what Aziz Ansari has done for Indian people and what Mindy Kalin has done. I wanna be able to do that for black and brown people. Well, we look forward to seeing all the things that you are doing, especially once this COVID is over, whenever yeah. that'll be. Uh, where can fans find you on social media if they want to hit you up and watch your tweets and see yes. all that good stuff you put out? So you can you can watch me first and foremost on Fridays at 12 p.m. Pacific time on my own show called Truth Serum, the weekly wrap up. And you can access that through my um, my Facebook page or my uh, my Twitter page. It goes to Twitch and it goes to uh to YouTube. So funny, A-I-D-A is Instagram and Twitter and Twitch. And then my Facebook page is Aida, A-I-D-A dot Rodriguez. And so Fridays at 12 p.m. Pacific time, we have a show. We had Killer Mike last week. We had Charlemagne. And this week we have Flame Monroe and a bunch of comedians talking about comedy and politics. So that's uh -huh. where you can find me. And you guys gotta come do my show. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Courtney? I'm all over this universe um, at Stuart Starlet. Sorry, my dog just yelling and acting crazy. Right now. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. You got a dog. Gigi wants to make a, you know, make a stance. She's like, this I want to let y'all know. She loves you too, Ida. I love her. I love you too, Gigi. Come over here. I'm, I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Minnie just walked in too. She heard, she heard a bark. She ready. <laughs> well, you can find me at Daryl Chris on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all that fun stuff. I just had like a, you know, a, a memory of BT experience with you and I. Um, I just the, did too. You did, wait, you, you did what? I just had a memory of it yeah, too. Yeah, I just I had a memory of it. Yeah, and it popped up on my social media the other day. It was like really weird. So we must be on the same connection right now. Oh, because we're about to host something big together and it's coming. coming. Hey, speak that into existence. I like that. Mm -hmm. Ida, so proud of you. Love you much. Hey, man, I love you uh, too. I love you. And, uh, you know, we'll, I'll see you soon, but not till COVID's over. I <laughs> that's, that's, and listen, we'll end on that. That's so Daryl. That is so. That's so Daryl. <laughs> that's so Daryl. All right, girl. I'll talk All to right. you soon. Bye bye. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined.